Another great episode of Red Sea Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you hear, please go to our website, redsearadio.org, and donate to our apostolate, or even become a member of our Immaculata Recurring Gift Society and keep us on the air. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Good morning! It is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023, and you're listening to the Red Sea Roundup. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Deacon Mike Beauvais. Today, as always, we have a great show for you. In our second part of the show today, we're going to have a conversation with Dr. Sandra Haypenny. Dr. Haypenny is an executive coach with much experience in catechesis. She's worked for the Diocese of Austin in the past, teaching St. John Paul the Great's Theology of the Body, and she'll be in Waco offering a workshop at St. Louis Church on Monday, February 6th from 7 to 9 p.m. entitled Guiding Youth to Sexual Integrity and Abundant Life. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, as always, I want to welcome all our listeners here in the Central Texas area on KYAR 98.3 FM Lorena, Waco, and of course, here in the Brazos Valley on KEDC 88.5 FM Hearn, Bryan College Station. And also a shout out to our listeners in Palestine if you hear us on KINF 107.9 FM. We're live this morning, so uh, if you have something going on in your parish, uh, feel free to give us a call, 85 Love Red C 855-683-7332. And I am joined in the studio this morning by our president, Dennis Maka. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Deacon Mike. It is so glad. I'm so glad to be here. It's so good to uh, be inside where it's a little bit warmer than uh, than the outside. Uh, but no problems down here on the road. And uh, we wish we had our guest here in person from the central Texas area, but the roads are too dangerous between here and Waco area. So. We wish all of you uh, safe travels on the road. If you're out there listening right now, stay focused, two hands on the wheel. Now, before we get into some of the other stuff, uh, you might notice that one of the familiar voices on Red Sea Radio is not here today. And Dennis, would you tell us a little bit why Dr. Thaddeus Romanski (laughs) is not joining us this morning? Well, Thaddeus... uh, has uh, regrettably, on our part, uh, turned in his letter of resignation for uh, his position here as Education and Development Director at Red Sea Apostolate. He has been with us for seven years, and we greatly will miss him because he has, as I told him yesterday on his last day, it was yesterday, I told him that he has helped us grow in many ways as an apostolate, even ways that I didn't really want to grow. <laughs> He has challenged me and pushed us into the direction I think that the Holy Spirit has wanted us to go, and he has made us such a better apostolate. And so we're so grateful here at Red Sea for his many years of service. And uh, Thaddeus, we will miss you. You will continue to be our friend, uh, and we love your family. His wife, Robin Romanski, will remain as our director of youth sports for Victory Sports, and so she continues to work with the apostolate. And uh, as such, he will now work for her as her volunteer. 
He's married. He's been working for her the, the entire time. <laughs> I was actually thinking that same thing. You just said what I was thinking. So, yeah, he's going to continue to to help out with the educational component of that on a volunteer basis as he moves into a new position with a different organization. So we uh, thank him and we will miss him. Uh, you're welcome to uh, send in your regards to him and I will definitely pass them on. If you have any words that you would like to pass, you could send them to my email address at Dennis at redcradio.org. Yes, we're going to miss uh, working with Thaddeus. Yes. And we ask God to continue to bless him in his new endeavors. Indeed, indeed. Now, this morning, we're also joined on the phone by Deacon Robin Waters. Deacon Robin, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, Deacon Mike. It sure is good to hear your voices. Yes, and... uh, Weather's a little bit worse up there in the Waco area than it is down here, isn't it? Yeah, we're getting quite a bit of ice. The you know the highly traveled roads aren't too bad. The bridges are pretty icy. Out where I live, out in the country, those those roads are pretty slick. But uh, still was able to put it in four wheel and make it to town for mass early this morning, and uh, that was a blessing. And just hoping everybody stays safe. The schools are closed, so the kids are getting a. I guess you could say a snow day, and you know, we're not giving getting snow, but uh, get a day off, and uh, hopefully everybody stay safe and avoid any any difficulties, and everybody stays warm. Now, you had a couple of things that you wanted to share with our listeners. Yeah, yeah. One is uh, you and uh, Dennis both mentioned. Uh, I just wanted to give my sincere. Uh, uh, thank you to Thaddeus for the time that I was able to work with him. I truly enjoyed it and just learned so much from him. I was always impressed with his knowledge and his insights and his love of the faith. Uh, just a r- real impressive, I say, a young man. For for me, he is a young man, and uh, and the beautiful family that him and Robin have built and in uh, their in their commitment to the Lord. It's it's a it's a wonderful thing to see and uh, to, and just to know them. And he's going to be be sorely missed by me. He was always able to help me out with things that uh, in my work, that uh, especially technology issues that uh, um, uh, I needed assistance on. So, thank you, Thaddeus, for all your help, and you're, you will be you'll de- be deeply missed. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention: just got you know not a lot going on early in the year at the parish, just not as much as uh, you do into the spring and in summer and fall. But uh, one thing I wanted to make sure everyone knew about is uh, at Abbott. Uh, the Immaculate Heart of Mary CCD program is going to have a drive-through hamburger supper on Wednesday, February the 15th from 6 to 8 p.m. Of course, it includes a hamburger and fries. It's going to include dessert also. The thing that impressed me the most is, uh, I don't know if you guys have been to buy a hamburger lately, you know, by hamburger and fries <laughs> and a drink. I mean, literally, oh, you can pay like 15 bucks. Uh, easily, for yeah. For a hamburger, fries, and a drink. And, uh, at this this homemade supper that they're going to have at Abbott, eight bucks for all. No that. way. So, uh, no, eight bucks. I, I, they need to raise their prices. Up. Maybe I shouldn't say that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and it's a delicious meal. All the proceeds are going to benefit their religious education program, of which they have an excellent one there. That's actually where um, where uh, we used to be members, and my children all went to the. Got their religious education uh, there at, at Abbott. So please go and uh, support the CCD program at Immaculate Heart of Mary Catholic Church in Abbott on Wednesday, February 15th, from 6 to 8. And uh, other than that, I just wanted to say uh, 
I'm jealous of uh, Dick and Mike getting to have this uh, interesting conversation with uh, Dr. Haypenny today. She's a friend and, uh, as you said, very knowledgeable. And uh, I always enjoy talking to her about any subject in the faith, and this one is so urgently needed in our society. Yes, I'm looking forward to it, and um, I need to thank you for suggesting this interview. Well, you're welcome. I'm I'm glad to be able to do it. Now, uh, Deacon Robin mentioned, you know, the fundraiser at Abbott with a hamburger supper. Uh, I like fundraisers that involve food. So uh, we have a couple going on at St. Anthony's this month also. And, of course, uh, the main one is our annual spaghetti dinner, which is coming up Sunday, February 12, 2023. Um, as always, it's in the Monsignor Malinowski Center. Uh, meal tickets are $15. As I said, Sunday, February 12th. To go orders will be 9.30 to 2 and dine in from 10.30 to 2. And... Uh, we feed somewhere around 3,000 people in yeah. the center. And wow. uh, it is absolutely phenomenal how the entire parish gets together and does this. Uh, this is the Altar Society's uh, main fundraiser, and they support everything at our parish. And uh, so if you're here in the Bryan College Station area and you have never been to St. Anthony's Spaghetti Dinner, you have missed out. And I urge you to come this year. Uh, The second uh, thing that's going on at St. Anthony's is we're going to have a fried fish meal on February 24th from 4.30 to 8.30. It's $13 a plate, and it also will be in the Monsignor Malinowski Center. And um, the fish fries are always popular. Uh, This is the first Friday of Lent, so uh, we're getting it started in the right way by having a fish fry. So, uh, again, if you're down here and you have a chance to go, please come uh, to the fish fry, as I said, Friday, February 24th, 4.30 to 8.30. Now, the last thing I have is uh, we normally do a Saint of the Day segment, and uh, actually what I wanted to focus on rather than just one saint a couple of saints, uh, and this is tomorrow, we are going to be celebrating the presentation of the Lord. Uh, We don't use this term much anymore. It used to be referred to as candle mass uh, because the church used to bless candles uh, for people to use in their homes. And the reason for the candles were because this is the feast that signifies when Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple for the first time. And so the light of the world enters the temple. And so uh, it's also traditionally in a lot of the uh, rites considered the end of the Christmas season. We don't usually extend it this far. Most of us uh, at uh, Epiphany consider Christmas over and done with. But a lot of traditions uh, considered the presentation of the Lord to be the official end of the Christmas season. Um, And the interesting thing about the presentation is we called it the presentation of the Lord, but actually the festival is more about the presentation of Mary to the temple because the requirement was that a woman that gave 
birth 40 days after the birth where it was to present herself to the temple and make a offering at the temple. And so, uh, but of course, the important part for us as Christians is Jesus arriving at the temple. And of course, we all know the story of Simeon and Anna, uh, the two um, elderly people who spent their time in the temple waiting for exactly this moment. And uh, both of them basically admitting that this was the high point of their life. This is what they had been preparing for for their entire life. And the thought I had is, shouldn't we all feel that way? Hmm. Shouldn't every single one of us focus our life around an encounter with Jesus? Uh Simeon and Anna trusted that God was going to allow them to see this. Well, each one of us is promised by God that if we trust him, that we too will have an encounter with Jesus. And especially the Eucharistic revival going on in the church right now, every one of us can have an encounter with Jesus. Every one of us can go to church and sit there and encounter Christ, not just in the Eucharist as when we receive communion, but just being in his presence in the church. And so that experience of the light of the world coming into our lives can be had simply by going and sitting in adoration of our Lord. And so when we celebrate the presentation of the Lord uh, tomorrow and we recognize this wonderful event in history that Mary and Joseph bring Jesus for the first time into the public life, that we also need to ask that he comes into our private life, that he enters into our world, and he is waiting for that invitation. Uh, Jesus wants us to ask him because God never forces himself upon us. And so much like Jesus as a baby being brought into the temple to be seen by Simeon and Anna, in the same way, we can have that encounter. And uh, I think uh, another fascinating thing about this, uh, this has been celebrated in the church since the fourth century. There's actually a, an account by a woman named Etheria from the fourth century and uh, it describes a procession for the presentation of the Lord in Jerusalem when she went there to visit. So fascinating story. Uh, we will see you on the other side. As I mentioned, we're going to be talking to Dr. Sandra Haypenny. And uh, don't go away. You'll want to hear this. And we're back, and as promised, we're going to be talking with Dr. Sandra Haypenny. Uh, Dr. Haypenny has a, a Ph.D. from Baylor University in Church State Studies and three other college degrees. And as I mentioned, she's going to be giving a workshop in Waco, Guiding Youth to Sexual Integrity and Abundant Life. 
Dr. Haypenny, how are you? I am doing great. And you? I cannot complain. I am warm and dry at the moment, so life is good. <laughs> yes. So before we go into um, our main topic uh, about your talk coming up, can you tell us a little bit about your faith background? Sure. Um, I'm a convert at the age of 16. So, um, because my mother, I asked to go to um, a private school um, when I was, after I was a freshman in high school, and my mother looked around, and the best one was a Catholic one, Our Our Lady of the Lake in San Antonio, Texas. So, I went there, um, and as a result of going there, I learned about Catholicism, and I loved it. So when I got back to Odessa, um, I decided that I was going to become Catholic, and I did. So um, confession, baptism, uh, confirmation, all at the same time, and the Eucharist. So, I'm a convert at a young age. How did your parents uh, take my, this? Uh, well, my father was deceased. He died when I was young. He was in the Air Force during the Korean War and died in an airplane crash. Mm, I'm sorry. So, it was my mother, and it was okay with her. Um, she was very afraid that I would become a nun. <laughs> because I got into going to daily mass and just really enjoying my Catholic faith. And actually we moved to Hawaii in my senior year and she uh, wanted me to go to a public school. And I said, no, I really want to go to a Catholic school. And she says, well, you can go, but I'm not going to pay for it. So I got a job and negotiated with the school and paid for my tuition and graduated from a Catholic um, high school. But I, while I did think about entering the convent, it wasn't really high on my priorities. Um, I was going to go to the University of Hawaii, but we moved back to Odessa, Texas, and um, I decided to go to Our Lady of the Lake College. Um, so it's kind of interesting. I had a friend, a very good friend of my brother's, whom I always, um, liked, let's put it that way. He was a wonderful young man. And when I came back from Hawaii, I, in his view, I had really changed. I had grown up. So we dated, he was at A&M, and I was in San Antonio at Our Lady of the Lake, and in my sophomore year, we married, and I moved to College Station and was one of the first women to attend A&M, and it was only if you were married to a student. So I went to Texas A&M, giving you a lot of information there, aren't I? (laughs) 
Well, yeah, but I find it fascinating, especially the part about moving from Hawaii to Odessa. That must have been a culture shock. I mean, you'd already been there, but still, that's a change. Oh, it was quite a change. <laughs> but, um, you know, finding um, the man I wanted to marry was wonderful. It was, you know, it was joy-filled. I really um, was truly in love with this man, and he was in love with me. And... Um, he graduated from A&M a year before I did, so I had to, I moved with him as he was in his first station, duty station and transferred to Chapman College because at Vandenberg Air Force Base, they had a, um, well, they had colleges, I mean, they had courses on base, so I could finish my degree. So I finished my degree pregnant with my second child. <laughs> so it was, it's been uh, a very interesting life being married to an Air Force officer um, and one that was always someplace else, it seems. But um, so it was difficult, especially when we moved to Hawaii because we were off base. Oh, that was our second duty station. So I ended up back in Hawaii. <laughs> and it was an interesting time for me, um, trying to raise three children pretty much on my own. And the one thing I really didn't learn uh, at Our Lady Lake was how to pray. And so I really didn't know how to pray. Um, I memorized prayers. But that doesn't help you develop a relationship with our Lord. You need to be able to be in quiet and to know him. And I didn't know how to do that. It was very difficult for me. And then when we had all this confusion in the church, um, when um, the issues about, you know, in humanity, when humanity came out and the issues about birth control, it was really difficult for me, a difficult time. And I actually left the church and my family left the church for seven years. Finally came back slowly, um, but really wasn't that much into my faith. I got into a charismatic group, which helped a lot, but it wasn't until I moved to Waco, Texas. Uh, I had been working for Sylvan Learning Centers Corporate in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and um, my brother called me and he says, do you know that the Waco Sylvan Learning Centers the Sylvan Learning Center and Waco Temple and Clean were for sale. And since the company I'd worked for had just purchased Sylvan, they didn't know much about that. So I bought them and my brother was going to uh, run them, but he decided not to. So I came down and when I was sitting in the office of our new center, 
I got the clearest message from God that I have ever gotten. And it was, you are to be here. So I stayed and I started managing our Sylvan Learning Centers, which was a great endeavor. I really enjoyed it. But most importantly, I met this wonderful priest at St. Joseph's, Father Timothy Vaverick, who really helped me develop my faith. And I am so grateful to him. Um, When the opportunity came uh, to get theology degrees um, from St. Mary's through a distance program offered by the diocese, I asked him about it, and he says, well, it sounds like you're really interested in doing it. And I said, I am, and so I did it. So I got my theology degree from St. Mary's um, and thoroughly enjoyed it. I just wanted to learn as much as I could about my faith. I was enjoying every minute of it, going to daily mass um, and adoration. It was phenomenal. And so... um, I ended up selling the Sylvan Learning Centers and also another business we had associated with it where we had developed all the software for the Sylvan Learning Centers. My husband's a computer scientist and so is my son, and they both developed that business. So we sold them both to Sylvan. And um, I started a nonprofit Uh, for children after school to learn their faith and help them with their studies. Um, And then, after finishing my theology degree and doing that, uh, I decided I really needed to get another job. And lo and behold, I had my grandchildren attending Riker, And my grandson was complaining about his theology teacher, how terrible he was. He couldn't understand him. He was from India, and he had trouble understanding him and a few other things, and he was going so fast. So I went to the principal and said, "Um, I hear that you're having problems with a theology teacher. And she says, We sure are. And I said, well, you know, I do have a degree in theology. And she said, great. Can you start teaching for us? That was a Thursday. And on Monday, I started teaching at Riker, (laughs) teaching theology. And I used to tell my students that I retired to teach theology. (laughs) So, and I did that for 10 years. Um, and uh, retired, but then wanted to do something else, and so now I'm a life coach. <laughs> I want to remind That's all the, our, oh, excuse me just a second, I want to remind our listeners yeah. that we're talking to Dr. Sandra Haypenny here on the Red Sea Roundup, and uh, Dr. Haypenny, uh, the theology degree thing sounded familiar because I did the same thing I, when the diocese was oh. offering that a program with St. Mary's in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I jumped on it too. So 
it was oh, a great. wonderful opportunity, and uh, it is life-changing when you start studying your faith. It is. It really is. And, you know, I wanted to continue studying, and there was no doctorate in theology around here, but there was a very interesting program at Baylor called Church State Studies, and I had a nephew that actually got his doctorate in that, and he had told me about it. So I actually went to Baylor and said, you know, I'd really, you know, I, I told the director, I would really like to investigate this opportunity. And he asked me a few questions and he says, well, can you start in January? And so I said, sure. So <laughs> I ended up studying at Baylor and getting my doctorate in church state studies. <laughs> now, I find I that uh, church state studies degree interesting. Uh, now, getting a PhD, you usually have a direction that you take with that uh, mm-hmm. degree. What did what was your thesis on or your uh, program? Well, I mine was in bioethics is ah. what I really concentrated in. Um, but I studied um, Catholic hospitals, and I was looking at Catholic hospitals and were Catholic hospitals providing sterilizations because they're not supposed to, obviously. Yes. So I investigated all the hospitals in Texas, California, actually in seven different states. And um, many of them were providing sterilizations. Just out of curiosity, so, what percentage do you know or do you remember? Um, it was almost 50%. Yeah. So I just brought that to light. And um, I think it really helped, uh, especially in Tyler, Texas, a, a really faithful bishop down in Tyler, uh, just really got after the Catholic hospital there and made them change their practices. <laughs> so some bishops just really were excited about my work, which was great. I was glad I could help. Now, uh want to change uh, focus here just a little bit. Uh, sure. Now, one of the things that uh, you have on your resume is that you were... Um, uh, helping the diocese with theology of the body. How did yes. that come um, about? Well, when I started teaching at Riker um, in the senior year, uh, the senior year students, they, um, I didn't like what was being offered in the second semester. And I had heard about this program. Um, so, I called the diocese and I asked them if I could do it. And they asked me for all my credentials and, and um, if I you know, knew something about this, and I did. So um, I was authorized to teach theology of the body to the seniors at Riker. And it was phenomenal. I loved it. And the students loved it. And so many of them, I, I let them 
um, on their final exam, I had a question about what they had, you know, I said, what did you learn and how did it benefit you? And I said, you're going to get 10 points from this for this question, no matter how you answer it. I got phenomenal answers. The students absolutely loved it. They said, now I know how to date. Now I know how to find a spouse. It really changed their thinking. And I was just overjoyed. So for 10 years, I taught theology of the body to seniors and to freshmen. And it, it was the best thing that they could learn. When they learned what it was to be chaste and to actually enjoy being chaste so that they would be chaste when they married. It turns out that if both are virgins before they marry, both husband and wife, they have much better chance of staying married and not getting divorced. I mean, the chances of getting divorced if you're married while you're virgins is only 6%, really small. Where otherwise, it's up there towards 50%. Yes. Now, for those of our listeners who aren't that familiar with theology of the body, uh, St. John Paul the Great, this is over a lengthy period of his Wednesday audiences, um, he taught this. Uh, would you give us a sort of flyover uh, understanding of what it is that we're talking about when we talk about theology of the body and how all this is interconnected, uh, our sexuality, our identity, and all these things? Well, one thing that Pope John, uh, St. John... Paul II, said that freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in having the right to do what we ought. So he really emphasized that we need to um, follow the guidelines, so to speak, of the church, because the church is informing us about what is good for us. And so when he is talking about uh, theology of the body, he's talking about how chastity really sets us free when we can um, enjoy what love really is and love is doing what is best for the other person. And when we can figure that out and act upon it, we are really going to have better relationships and a much happier marriage. So, I mean, that's very, very short (laughs) explanation of it. But... You know, he teaches what truth really is. Uh, he teaches the difference between objective truth and subjective truth. And um, that is so important to us. Especially in today's and, world. 
Pardon? I said, especially in today's world. Oh, absolutely. So, um, then, uh, I don't know if I've explained it very well, um, but he really talks about if we want to be free, it's consisting not in doing what we like, but in having the right to do what we ought. And that, to me, expresses so much because when we learn what the church teaches as guidelines for us, um, we, and we follow those, we're going to be so much happier. And when I work with um, teenagers and even adults, um, I ask them, um, you know, what, um, you know, what do you want for your child? And they're going to say happiness. And, I mean, that is what I always get. But happiness is not really what we're looking for. Um, and John Paul II says, you know, we're really looking for joy. And joy is different. Um, because joy is intrinsic. And it, we get joy from doing those things which we know we should do. We feel at peace with ourselves. And when we are following our Lord's call for us, then we are really going to be finding true joy and being able to live um, in union with our Lord. Because true joy is kind of a mystical experience for most people. Um, and it's kind of hard to, to imagine a life that is forever joy-filled. But at the end of the day, joy is intrinsic. It's a feeling that's unique to the way we feel inside. And joy can be present at every moment. And it differs from happiness because happiness is temporary. And joy gives us peace even in difficult times. Joy is a deliberate choice. And when we seek true joy, we're seeking a deeper relationship with our Lord because he is the source of love and joy. Um. So, you know, that's a lot of what I got out of um, St. John Paul's teaching on theology of the body and the joy we can feel when we follow the guidelines on sexuality. Um, and when I teach that, the um, children and the, and adults um, learn how they can not only have an, a, a wonderful life with their spouse, but how it's integrated uh, and becomes also an intimate union with God. 
So it helps us build our relationships and become fully integrated Catholics. So um, on Monday when I'm talking about all of this... (laughs) Before we go into the uh, workshop... Uh, let me interrupt you just a second to once sure. more remind our listeners I'm talking to Dr. Sandra Haypenny, and uh, we're talking about a workshop she's giving in Waco on February 6th. So uh, the title of your workshop is Guiding Youth to Sexual Integrity and Abundant Life. So this is directed more for parents and uh, grandparents. So uh, you were about to tell us where you usually start with this. So um, take it away. Okay. Well, the mission of a Catholic family is to foster a sense of respect of others, justice, cordial openness, and respect for um, each other, you know, solidarity. So anyway, what I do is I first present to um, my audience um, statistics. Now, I'm also a epidemiologist and a biostatistician. So I love statistics. (laughs) And so I give them statistics about what is really going on with our teenagers right now. Um, So statistics about um, simple things like cell phone use, but also important statistics about um, teenage pregnancy, birth control use, um, the status of families, and, you know, divorce rates, marriage, what's going on with marriage rates, so that they can kind of see what is going on in our society as a whole. And um, also include um, what is going on with um, the Internet and cell phone use and things like that. So they get that as well. Um, Just so they're aware, I mean, parents have kind of a good ideal already, but, um, you know, 95% of our teenagers now have cell phones and most of them have computers. So, um, they can get into, um, some really weird places. And so they need to, I mean, our parents need to know about the problems uh, that they can get into with cell phones and the Internet and how to um, work with their uh, adolescents on those issues. So I do give them that information and how to work with it. Um, and you know, I then talk about freedom. And um, the the difference between objective truth and subjective truth, where many people have subjective truth, and that's their own opinion as to what reality is. 
so they make up their own rules. And, you know, you just can't make up your own rules about life because it's going to come and bite you. Um, and so I give them examples of what happens when you make up your own rules. And it's like um, driving on a freeway too fast or putting regular gasoline into a diesel engine. <laughs> you know, because um, God designed us for other things, just like a car is designed by the manufacturer. Well, we are designed in a certain way by our Lord. And so we need to know the truth and how to act upon the truth because really the truth will set us free. So um, that's pretty much it. I give them... Uh, lots of suggestions. We have um, them work out some things themselves among the group um, about how they're going to proceed. And then hopefully um, we come back together and they've gotten some good ideas about how they're going to work with their adolescents. So that's the workshop in a very short summary. <laughs> One of the things I find fascinating, you were talking about giving people the statistics. And mm-hmm. uh, I was looking at uh, Yumana Vitae and the predictions in paragraph 17 and 18. And when we talk about statistics on uh, things like... Uh, contraception and uh, divorce and all these things and how all this was already predicted by Pope Paul VI that, you know, this was the direct end result of, you know, allowing free use of contraception. And yet when we look at it, you know, and people talk about this, uh, you know, from a totally different perspective that contraception is a good thing for young people, ignoring all the ramifications that we see in today's world that are a result of that. Yes. And there are um, everything from medical issues. Yeah. I also talk about that because there's everything from medical issues on um, using contraceptives and what it does to your body that uh, a lot of people are not aware of. Um, So I really um, point that out to them. And um, then look at what contraceptive use does to a marriage and how it can really interfere with the intimacy of a marriage. You'd think it'd be just the opposite. But it isn't. I mean, we are designed to come together in the union of man and wife so that we can have children. That's what God wants for us. And when we start restricting that, we 
start having problems. Um, besides the, you know, the medical issues, there are the, um, what should I say, the intimacy issues. Um, and the fact that you're doing something that is uh, not accepted by the faith, you know, it's something that pulls you away from your faith um, because you're doing something that the church says you shouldn't be doing. Uh, and you can go to confession about it, but if you keep doing it, it's not going to help. Um, so, you know, it can really affect the marriage and it affects our faith. There are so many consequences of using contraceptives. And I do go over some of those. I have a complete presentation I do on contraceptives, which is really interesting. But I only put a little bit of that in, in the one I'm doing on Monday. A quick question. Now, we were talking about uh, the difference between subjective truth and objective truth. And mm -hmm. would you say that one of the issues with the use of contraception by Catholics is the fact that we have a tendency to say, well, I disagree with the church. For me, it's okay to do this. And that goes towards that subjective truth that I've decided this is true for me and I uh, just re resist what the church is trying to teach me. Right. Mm -hmm. They're choosing their own truth. And so many people do that nowadays. They decide what is right and what is wrong um, instead of really searching for the truth. And when you really start searching for truth, you end up searching for God. And he is the source of all truth. And that is what is so beautiful. When you can finally come to that realization that God is going to give us truth. And you know, in the Catholic faith, we know that truth has been handed down to us since Christ through our church. Um, if there is an issue that comes up, the church investigates it and discerns how we should handle a certain issue. So, you know, when Pope, um, when Pope Paul VI came out with Humana Vitae, he was directing us towards truth. But the birth control pill, which came out, what, uh, 15 years before that? Yes. Um, was already in use everywhere and every major church denomination had declared that it was fine to use it. So, um, you know, it shocked everybody when he said, no, you can't use it. But it was, it was the truth. I mean, it violated what God intends for us in marriage. 
And we are to bring life into this world. Now, I had three children. Um, Unfortunately, I had surgery and couldn't have any more. But I am so glad that I followed the church's teaching. Now, it's true, I I did practice the rhythm method, (laughs) as it was called back then. And I was practicing it and purposely got pregnant with my second child and then um, was practicing and had no idea how I got pregnant with my third child. (laughs) But I'm so glad I did because he turned out to be a redheaded boy and he's just a wonderful young man. Now, we're down to just under four, uh, five minutes, so I wanted to switch gears real quick. Who would you okay. hope to come to your talk on uh, February 6th? Who would you like well, to invite? Parents. Parents that are striving to raise their children in the faith and hoping that they will continue in the faith after they get married. Because let's face it, most of our children, once they're out of the home, they're no longer practicing their faith. So um, I want parents, grandparents, they have a great influence on children. So um, parents and grandparents who want to learn how to help their children grow stronger in their faith. So that's basically it. <laughs> All right. Quick reminder. Um, I just want to tell everybody uh, the title of the workshop is Guiding Youth to Sexual Integrity and Abundant Life. It is February 6th, Monday evening, 7 to 9 p.m. at St. Louis Church Activity Center on 2415 Cumberland Avenue. It's a free event. They do ask that you let them know you're coming. Uh, you can make reservations by calling 254-644-0407. And um, it also says here you get a free book. So um, Yes, you do. Uh, absolutely wonderful. Uh, Dr. Haypenny, uh, thank you very much for being on the show Um I would love to have you back on and talk a little bit more about theology of the body because uh, I find the uh, topic absolutely fascinating, the integration of our spiritual life, our physical life, and all this. And um, But also um, uh, just uh, how important it is in the world today of being honest about our sexuality. Yes. It's really important today, and I'd love to talk about it. Um, Can I just make one more comment? Sure. You can also um, enroll for the the session that we're giving on Monday by going to Pro-Life Waco. There's a place to register. So go to ProLifeWaco.com, and you can register there. Very good. Uh, And uh, just... uh, Log on, and uh, uh, they'll have a link to the Secretary, uh, Sexual Integrity Workshop. Uh, before I uh, let you go, uh, would you uh, 
just briefly invite everyone in the Waco area to your talk. Oh, yes. Um, please consider coming. It's a phenomenal way to learn how to start um, in raising teenagers to be faithful, loving adults. So please consider it if you're a parent, a grandparent with children, and especially with teenagers, please come. I would love to try to convey some of this information for you, and I think the book that you receive will really help as well. And I would suggest that if you are a catechist for junior high and high school students, it might be worthwhile going to this also. Absolutely. All right, Dr. Haypenny, thank you so much for being on the show. I want to remind all our listeners that you have been listening to the Red Sea Roundup. Uh, next week, we're going to have another episode and uh, remind everyone to tune in for that. And uh, until then, when considering the many ways in which you might share your time, talents, and treasure with the people of God, always round up. Man,